0: It's your last chance to get your early bird tickets for Humane, our exploration of how AI will affect the media and marketing industry. Go to humane.au, that's H-U-M-A-I-N dot A-U to secure your ticket today. Early bird discounts end this Wednesday. Start the week with Unmade. Setting the agenda for the week in media and marketing
1: today was google among the recipients of pwc's tainted advice
0: albanese turns up the temperature on gambling ads
1: and a new local boss for snapchat
0: Unmade.
1: it's monday may 15th i'm Abe beauty and good morning tim burrows
0: good morning abe from a chilly morning in tasmania how
1: are you very well thank you uh yes it is quite chilly a mother's day yesterday of course how was your weekend
0: yeah mine was very good I'd, I'd had a few days in uh in sydney this week just gone so always nice to uh to be back in tasmania to prepare for um another few days in sydney and how was your weekend
1: yeah, it was a good weekend. As I said, uh, Mother's Day yesterday, the kids actually said to me, Dad, how did Mother's Day start? And I was about to launch into how uh, retail and consumerism have driven you know another day to get people to buy things. And you know it's a real big marketing ploy. And then I realized, actually, that's not the case. <laughs> it stems from the 1900s, where uh, a lady uh, basically dubbed it as a day to honor the sacrifice of mum. So I quickly put a sock in it and uh, didn't tell my kids about consumerism and, and market, marketing, but that was, a, that was a close shave.
0: And then you took them to the shops to buy a card.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> Where should we start this week?
1: Well, let, let's start in looking at, um, at PwC. Several tech giants were targeted by PwC to help them work around new tax avoidance rules. That's in the Australian Financial Review this morning. Tim, who are these clients and what exactly has PwC done here?
0: Yeah, this has been a rolling disaster for PwC. Um, It's emerged over the last few weeks that confidential briefings given to PwC to prepare for how the tax office was going to look at profits made locally, but then sent offshore to the global players were were going to be tightened up. It's been a matter of time until the clients who benefited from this cut, the names began to come out. And we turned to the front page of the AFR today, and that process has begun with Apple, Google, and Microsoft being named. Now, Google's obviously particularly interesting because um, it writes an awful lot of revenue in this market, but much of it actually isn't treated at the moment as taxable revenue, which was... um, What the previous coalition government was trying to do when it uh, announced anti-tax avoidance laws in the May 2015 budget and um, what the AFR tackles today is the fact that pretty much as soon as that was revealed PwC used the information it already had to reach out to 23 US tech firms um, to start offering the services to help them beat the system uh, all you know within the law but of course having had the benefit of already had the briefings so the three named so far apple google and microsoft um and many more to come i suspect
1: so where does this uh where and and why does it intersect with you know our maids world the advertising and and media industry
0: yeah look the, the 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 key thing is of course um the world of advertising um The big tech platforms, and we're talking particularly uh, Google and parent company Alphabet and Facebook and parent company Meta, they, they are now the dominant players in the local advertising scene. You know, they take more more dollars than the TV networks than, than 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 any other medium. But don't necessarily pay tax on all of those dollars. An awful lot of it go is 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 booked in as what they call reseller revenue or some version of that. Um And then the the companies then actually book their profits somewhere where it's a, a, a lower tax regime, which, of course, then means that, um you know, the 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 income from tax which which is what helps pay for services doesn't come to australian taxpayers uh which which then raises the question on how good are these people as local citizens which of course was 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 you know one of the things which made it so I suppose, easy for the government to come after the likes of Google and Facebook in the News Media Bargaining Code um, when it was seen that they weren't doing enough locally already. So this this turns up the temperature a bit more on this. Um, But um, but equally, you know, perhaps in time, it starts levelling the playing field a
1: little. Up next, Albanese turns up the temperature on betting ads. Um, made. The pressure is building for gambling advertising. Tim, the PM and leader of the opposition, have both voiced their dislike of gambling ads now. What does this mean?
0: Yeah, let's start with um, Anthony Albanese. Um, so this is a prominent story on the Guardian this morning. Um, uh, he expressed personal dislike for gambling ads during sporting events, as in you know when 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 the, the events are being shown live on television. Uh, his phrase was annoying. Um, Now, this comes a couple of days after opposition leader Peter Dutton proposing a ban saying footy time is family time. Um, Now, what that sort of suggests is on the one hand, this has become very political, but on the other, the two political parties are almost trying to kind of outdo each other on um, how strongly they dislike gambling ads. This is super relevant for the TV networks uh, in particular, but the the, the the wider media as well uh, estimates suggesting something like $200 million a year coming out of uh, coming out of the gambling industry into, into targeting um, uh, you know, either existing or potential kind of gambling customers and the, 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 the The backlash from the public is is as much as anything and it's about the the sheer quantity of uh, of uh, of betting advertising so i i um you know it, it it feels like this is now becoming a bit of an unstoppable tide for the media industry and for the gambling sector to um uh, avoid much tighter regulation
1: It was also tackled in the Sunday telly over the weekend tim with uh, with James Campbell.
0: Yeah, that's right. So um, he took a look at um, some of the content of um, the um, coalition's response to the budget, um, which again was where Peter Dutton's comments had come from. And I I think what what was interesting there was, um, well, I'll read this bit from James Campbell. To me, the most interesting bit was the stuff about gambling, which came out of nowhere. Everyone my age and older will agree with Dutton, I suspect, when he says the bombardment of betting ads takes the joy out of televised sports. He's right too when he says they're changing the culture of our country in a bad way and normalising gambling at a young age. Now, one of the interesting things about that is we are sort of seeing this mainstreaming of views even in places um, like you know, News Corp publications where arguably well, not even arguably. Factually, News Corp does have a dog in the race, not least through its majority ownership of um, Foxtel, which, of course, you know, it's a lot of its sports offerings are, you know, seriously funded by um, betting advertising. But, um, but you know, I think there 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 is this widespread rep- sort of recognition now that something's going to change. Um, and I suppose if I've got. Um, suppose if I think about what the failings are, there are a lot of industry bodies who arguably their unspoken job is to stop regulation of advertising to continue with this kind of self-regulation system. And this has been the biggest failure probably in in at least a decade of the marketing industry to actually stay ahead of a topic like this. So it looks like it's now going to be taken out of its hands, which, um, which, you know, <laughs> I was chatting to somebody at the double the Australian association of national advertisers the other day. They're the people who set the rules for the ad standards board. And, um, they were saying to me their number one job is to stop regulation um, in, and hang on to self-regulation. Um, and there definitely is a some something tonally there. Um, well, I was in Sydney last week. I went to the launch of accreditation from the Advertising Council. And among the people um, on the uh, panel was uh, first time I seen him speak, actually, Josh Folks. Um, the, the 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 newish boss of the AA and and he was actually um, quite um, uh, uh, well. He was refreshingly um, honest, I suppose, for somebody in his role. And on stage, he was kind of talking about the frustration the industry is feeling at the moment. His quote was: "We get blamed for obesity, we get blamed for gambling, we get blamed for climate change." And I suppose the question is, is that fair blame?
1: Maybe it is. And this does come at a time when Sportsbet has just announced their new CEO. That's in the AFR, Tim.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's being presented this morning as um, the phrase um, being used in the uh, AFR is Adolescent Sportsbet puts an adult in charge. So um, uh, Sportsbet, by far the biggest player in Australia but um there's going to be um changes of reporting lines with the marketing department now reporting in directly to the company's head of h r and compliance Tanya Aboto, um according to uh according to the AFR anyway um so so yeah there th- th- that's another i suppose signal that
1: the industry is recognizing the challenges it faces. Up next, a leadership shake-up at Snap Australia.
0: Un-made.
1: Tim, there have been two big new hires at Snapchat Australia.
0: Yeah, that's right. This one came in this morning just before we started recording. So um, Snap has got a new managing director for Australia and New Zealand. Um, it's Tony Kuzjan I'm sure I've mangled the pronunciation of Tony's name. Um now he's come across from Quantium, which is uh is quite interesting because their um I, I guess the absolute heartland is data. He was global chief customer officer. But it sort of speaks to the importance I think of looking after the privacy of users so it's a very interesting appointment there and then um we also have um a a, somebody who's very well known in the um in the local advertising industry which is Ellie Rogers um who was formerly led the agency sales for for Meta so for Facebook and Instagram and she is joining uh next week um to as a n z sales director so those are two really big hires into snapchat this week locally, which to me speaks to snapchat gearing up a little bit locally um with you know those the the, the the those couple of kind of heavyweight arrivals um so that's that's interesting and it it also speaks to you know a, a, a slight leaking of talent out of Meta, you know. As I say, that's where um, Ellie Rogers is coming from. And it's only a matter of a few weeks since we saw the um, Dan Sinfield, who was another um, senior member of the kind of commercial team at Meta, moving across to the Premium Content Alliance. So, um, so yeah, so change is happening. Uh, how is Snapchat doing, Tim? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, if, if you look at its share price, not terribly well globally so it's you know it's on the one hand it's our last time i looked i think 13 or 14 billion billion with a b dollars us dollars um, market capitalization which is big but it was almost um 10 times that um several months back so um, among the um the kind of the big platforms which saw a decline um in valuation uh kind of in in partly in anticipation of a a downturn in the US and also the rise of TikTok then snap suffered more than were more than most but it's got you know it's got an interesting market position because you know it it the, what the algorithm doesn't tend to do is pump the sort of negative content that some other platforms do in front of each other. And it's also been having some uh, some interesting experiments with AI, with the the My MyAI um, uh, chatbot sitting right there within the platform. So funnily enough, I found myself using Snapchat more than I ever did. Just when I'm trying to tell people who aren't that familiar with AI about what the chatbots can do now, I'll, I'll tend to just, you know, the easiest thing to do is... Pull open my, uh, my, my 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 Snapchat account and demonstrate them that way. So, so I think yeah, it's um yeah it, it's an interesting time because I you know it it's still a platform which um particularly kind of at the younger end of things who aren't as into TikTok is has a lot of power, but it's also not at its peak arguably.
1: Next, more madness at ABC Radio. ABC Radio National is set for yet another shake-up. Let's turn to the AFR, which has some staff reaction, Tim.
0: Yeah, and this is is part of the the wider restructure of the ABC, which staff were told about last week. Just a little nugget in the financial review. Um, Norman Swan um, hit reply all on the, 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 the staff email. We'll know Norman Swan, of course, as the, the person who presents the health report, but also... Um, the award-winning um, COVID podcast, as well. Um, the his issue is is with this decision to kind of split RN across the news and the content parts of the uh, of the ABC, which are going to be the the two main parts going forward. So, background briefing, RN breakfast, and drive are going to live in the news segment, and then the rest will live in content, which. Um, Which uh, um, Swan makes the point that that kind of puts Radio National well on the path to just becoming the the national podcaster. Because how can you possibly have, you know, one radio network with one personality when it's being tugged in two different directions? Um, He labels it as beginning of the end. Uh, with the memorable quote, um, Einstein apparently didn't in fact say it, but he might as well have. The definition of madness is doing the same thing over thinking you're going to get a different result. And that, that, of course, has been the issue for, for Radio National is, you know, there isn't one distinctive voice in charge of it at the top, which means there hasn't been for a while, which means that uh,
1: there is uh, no distinctive voice coming out at the other end. And the nine newspapers have also looked at ABC radio ratings today. Yeah, that's right. The
0: headline, and this is the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age, Radio was the ABC's crown jewel. But new data shows how it has fallen. So what they've been doing is they've been crunching um, several sets of numbers from the radio ratings, including um, audience for Radio National, um, along with audience for local stations um, in um, in 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 Sydney and Melbourne. And yeah, demonstrating as is something which we've been talking about a lot on Unmade as well that. Um, the the listening share has progressively fallen over the last five years or so. So, um, you know, it kind of, I suppose if I think about the changes announced last week, I personally couldn't see how any of them would improve the outlook for the ABC's radio operations in terms of, you know, redeveloping a kind of, individual personality um and finding audiences it's it seems to be much more a nod towards a time when um you know the public find individual pieces of content and channels and networks mean a lot less um I suppose my question is um in order to find those bits of content you need some form of really strong piece of curation which was what the channels and networks were really good at so um yeah it's um yeah, I'm, I, I, I must admit, I'm not really convinced by the restructure.
1: Now, we know the ABC says they don't have commercial objectives, they're not chasing those commercial outcomes, but it does make you think if they were a commercial broadcaster, would this have cut the mustard a long time ago?
0: Yeah, that's a very good question. And, of course, the the issue for the ABC is in some ways it's to fill the gaps that the commercial broadcasters can't. Um, which, which is fair enough, you know, content for marginalised audiences that, that that couldn't be commercially supported, etc. But I wonder if it also becomes um, an excuse
1: for excuse for the low ratings,
0: yeah, yeah, and and, and a justification for people to please themselves. In, in what they do and how they cover these things with the justification where we're, you know, we, you know, we, 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 we're doing it for the marginalized and the minorities. So, um, so, yeah, um, but there also needs to be something for the, you know, to have the long term justification. It needs to also deliver for the mainstream audience, too.
1: As long as the podcast and show download this show stays, I'll be happy. But up next, Nine joins its rival, News Corp, in rallying against AI.
0: Unmade.
1: Tim, it wouldn't be an unmade podcast without a mention of AI. Nine and News Corp are both pushing for payments from AI firms that may have trained systems on their content. This is in The Age. Tim, how significant is it that these two rivals have joined forces against AI?
0: Yeah um it's in the age and across I think all of the the the, uh, the nine newspapers so this was something um towards the end of last week uh, I think Friday morning Australian time and news corp did their quarterly uh, investor call um which um yeah I I I I, I listened to that that was uh, Robert Thompson the, the the boss of news corp who was again returning to the topic of Um, news producers being paid properly for their content when it's used to train these large language models of AI there's a lot of their data in there at the moment their information their content and going forward um, as AI increasingly becomes a player in search which last week again we saw some announcements from Google in that space then you'll get the same argument from media owners that they, they, they were previously making about um, the surfacing of, of their content on, on Google, on Facebook, being similarly surfaced on AI. So we now see Nine begin to join that conversation as well with Mike Sneesby, the chief executive of Nine, um, warning that um, that sort of content could be um, exploited by AI companies, as he put it, that really isn't greatly different to the challenge that we have today with Google and Facebook. Um, that was um, in an internal nine staff forum in, in, in Melbourne last week. So, um, so yeah, we are, we are if, if not formally teaming up, we are seeing nine and News Corp singing from the same hymn sheet when it comes to AI.
1: That's it for today. We'd love to hear what you think at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media.
0: And we'll be back tomorrow with Tuesday Data, looking at the state of the digital landscape.
1: Don't forget, if you'd like to support Unmade, you can become a paying member. Go to unmade.media to find out how. And don't forget, you're
0: running out of time to get your early bird tickets for Humane. Go to humane, H-U-M-A-I-N. Dot au to find out how. Today's podcast was produced by Saja Al Zaidi with the usually enthusiastic support of Abe's Audio. See you next time. Toodle Pep. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's
1: Audio.